Hello everybody, welcome to the latest edition of Terrace Talk. Norwich City face Coventry on Wednesday, so this is a, a nice little midweek special for you. Of course, there's a, a lot of games at the moment in the, this unprecedented season, which of course we have to label it by by law, I think, at this stage. Um, and it's uh, it, it was a very good weekend for Norwich City, as I'm sure we'll get into. Delighted to be joined by this week's guests, Norwich fan Jez Arlo and uh, Sky Blues contributor, Dean Atkinson as well. Um, Jen, thank you very much for joining me. Jez, I think we've got to start with you really in terms of Norwich City. 4-1 win on Saturday and then Brentford slip up at home to Barnsley on Sunday. So Norwich back at the top and compared to a week, to a week ago, everything's looking a lot more rosy. Well, yeah. I mean, last week Norwich didn't score. I, I count the cup game against Barnsley four games and you just thought, especially looking at Brentford, they just look different class to Norwich at the moment, especially the way they play. Because Brentford, I just feel like they're like what we were two seasons ago, just relentless going forward, didn't care about the defence, just attack, attack, attack. But contrast, I thought, especially on Saturday against, um, who did we play? Stoke. <laughs> Stoke. <laughs> we, um, I thought we were that team two years ago. I thought going forward, we were brilliant, especially, obviously, Emi Buendia, who's, just the best player in the championship. And I think you could argue could be a standout in the Premier League without a shadow of a doubt. I think he's just different gravy. I think he's brilliant. Um, but I think the main difference was the fullbacks. I thought I haven't seen Norwich, especially like Jakob Sorensen, he's a brilliant player. And I think he'll be a fantastic midfielder for us. But he's just not quick enough, is Janulis. And it, the width is just how Daniel Fark likes to play his style of football. And I just thought that helped us so much, especially going forward. But there was a bit, a few iffy moments at the back. I, watching that whole game, I just thought, oh my, Grant Hanley had a had a bit of a nervy time. Um, Tim Krull as well. I just, it was a strange game, but brilliant result. Brilliant, especially uh, the Barnsley result as well. Top of the league, you can't complain. No, you actually can't. You've you touched upon something nice there, which was um, about that looking like a performance from two years ago. I think you're right. I think if you'd have dropped that in that season, it wouldn't have looked out of place. And we'll reflect more on that Stoke victory in a minute. But um, things aren't looking quite as rosy for Coventry at the moment, Dean. Um, talk to us a little bit about them, because obviously it wasn't so long ago that Norwich and Coventry met in, in, in the FA Cup. Since then, it's been only one win in six. What has, what's gone wrong, I guess, in, in recent weeks for, for the Sky Blues? I don't think the injuries are helping. That's that's our big that's our big issue now. Um, squad depth, and that's always going to be the case. You know, we're a team that's been in the lower two divisions for nigh on eight nine years now. Uh, it's always going to be difficult coming up to the championship, of course. But the injury list is is mounting, and slowly people are coming back now, uh, which is good because you know this is the the business end of the season, and, and we're going to need them to perform and, and to get us out of this little rut that we're going through. Uh, we're just inconsistent. That's that's the main um, frustration, really, and the concern is we'll turn up one week and be a world-beating team, and the next we just don't look like you know we've got anything about us. I mean, that the first half against Cardiff on on Saturday was so frustrating because we come off that nil-nil um, good result against against Watford, who I feel are you know probably one of the best sides in in this division. We've come off that. We've played really, really well. We deserve to win that match. And then to perform like we did in that first half against Cardiff was just appalling, really. And that's the only way to, way to describe it. Um, it's going to be difficult now. You know, if other teams around us are picking up results. 
which, you know, four or five weeks ago, you know, we, we thought we were nine points clear at one stage. And I thought, you know, we're, we're comfortable here, but now it's kind of like slowly looking over our shoulders again. And it's going to it's going to take a monumental effort to, to get us out of it. Well, I was going to say, do the two performances at Carrow Road this season in the league and then the cup kind of sum up where you guys are? And it, I guess it kind of touched upon what you said there in terms of looking really good one week and then maybe looking like a side that is scrapping at, at the yeah. bottom um, the, the next. It's, it's that inconsistency maybe that has led Coventry to the position that they find themselves in currently. Oh, 100%. I mean, you look at that first Norwich game in the league and I thought we made a really good account of ourselves that game. If anything, we could have stolen the three points towards the end of the game in that second half. I mean, Norwich battered us first half, but we slightly changed it. And that's a sign of a good team. You know, we come back from, you know, being abysmal in the first half and being world beaters in the in the next. Um, I really thought we could have come away with three points from that game. But that FA Cup game, you know, was, you know, it's chalk and cheese if you look at it. The FA Cup game was was a disaster from a Coventry point of view. And we did have a few fringe players play, but that was no excuse, especially after the first seven minutes. I think we created three guilt-edge opportunities and then Norwich got the Brendan score from their first first real attack. And that's a sign of a good team, isn't it? You know, you, you take your opportunities when they arise. And yeah, I suppose it bodes well for, for this game coming up on, on Wednesday night that we can, you know, we can mix it with the likes of Norwich, but you know, it's, it's just the inconsistency that's going to let us down at the end of the day. Mm, interesting. Um, Jez, let's let's reflect a bit more on that, on that win against Stoke. Uh, as you kind of said, we were speaking in, in weeks gone by on, on this show in various versions, looking ahead to games, going, is this the one that Norwich finally um, shake off maybe their slump a little bit and break that? I don't know if you can describe three games as a goal drought, but certainly I've seen it mentioned in, in some quarters, that the lack of goals in um, in, in recent weeks and, and they certainly did that in style it's the first time they've scored three goals at, at Carrow Road since that famous win against Manchester City last season obviously Timu Puki back amongst the goals as well Emi Buendia looked very good it was a very positive day for Norwich City from an attacking perspective Yeah it definitely was I, just talking about Emi Buendia I mean you can't get enough Emi Buendia especially if you're a Norwich fan but I thought his performance against um, Barnsley a few games back I've, obviously he was stand out but I thought you know he got he won the penalty he got two assists he sat Timu Puki and just I watched the behind the scenes footage um, of uh, Norwich City's channel where Kenny McLean just taps him Puki on the bum saying there he is and just you just need Timu Puki firing especially if Norwich are going to get promoted like he is that 20 goal a season striker I don't think he'll get 29 goals which was just ridiculous um, last time we went up but yeah, our attacking threat was, well, it was something we haven't seen this season. And um, it's, I think it's very, um, it's very relieving as a Norwich fan because I felt this team, especially um, under Daniel Fark, is more defensively solid. Um, I think we're a lot more better at the back. Um, but I think that's stopped Aaron's going forward a bit, which we've missed after the last few games. I thought he was a lot better as well, especially. I think he's got to work on his crossing still. But um, no, Max is still probably the best right back in the division um, alongside Connor Roberts, I'd say. And Yanulis, you know, he made that error at the back. But I thought what he did in the box, just to take on his man, I thought that was just that bit of class that I love Sorensen again, but I, he wouldn't do that. And he obviously set up Emmy, which is a very difficult finish, but he made amends. And Norris scored four goals. and. 
hopefully we can score a few more goals uh, against Coventry. Sorry, mate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. my my uh, my colleague Paddy Dabbitt, who's actually a Coventry fan, um, <laughs> described the yeah. game on on Saturday as being a bit of like a, a runaway train, which is kind of how it felt <clears> at times, particularly maybe um, before the final uh, twenty minutes or so when when they brought on Lucas Rupp. Um, but you, you mentioned that defensive solidity that maybe has been. Um, added to Norwich City's game this season, for, particularly for the first half of the season. It was a lot of 1-0s, 2-1s, a lot of grinding out wins yeah. where it was about being solid defensively. Is the trade-off of the style that Daniel Farker tried to play on Saturday with his fullback so high, he was very vocal, is, is a trade-off of that maybe being less solid defensively, but knowing that you possess that extra threat going forward? I think you've just got, you're striking the balance because obviously when we won the league two seasons ago, attack, Forget about the defence. We conceded nearly the most goals in the division, which we obviously suffered when we got promoted. And, but um, yeah, I, I definitely say um, he's looked to be more solid set pieces. I feel they've been a lot better because we were dreadful at set pieces, especially in the Prem, conceded so many. Um, but I think Ben Gibson and Hanley, I personally, obviously I'm biased, but I think they're the best pairing in the championship. I think they suit each other so well. Um, and I I love Christoph Zimmerman. He can't put a foot wrong, but I just think Gibson and Hanley, they're just they're in sync with each other. And even though they did make a few mistakes, I just feel like they're a lot more solid. And the back line with Yanulis as well, he'll fit in and you can just see his class. And like when he started against Middlesbrough, they didn't use him well. And obviously that's because he didn't really have a chance to train with them. Now he has. Now they're all looking for that, you know, that left flank ball over the top and he's got that pace and pace is just frightening no matter what league you're in. Hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Dean, just to reflect on on your game against uh, Cardiff, I'm sure you won't thank me for that. Uh, a 3-1 free, free defeat. Trying but... to forget about it, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, this probably isn't isn't useful in that regard. But just, <laughs> just talk us through your, your sort of reflections on that game because... Uh, you know, Cardiff have recently been taken over by Mick McCarthy. Um, it seems like there's a bit more of a positive spirit there, but I guess the disappointment for you guys is finding yourselves 3-0 down what, just after half-time, as the case was. Yeah, I mean, we went into that half 2-0 down and we were appalling that first half. Literally no positivity going forward with the ball at all. Uh, people weren't making runs. It was just a really lethargic performance. And you think going at half-time, bit of a team talk, bit of a morale boost from the, from the management keep it tight first five minutes and let's see if we can get a goal. And that went straight down the pan after about 90 seconds. Um, they immediately scored from a quick free kick and it was just us not being switched on, which has happened quite a lot this season. Individual mistakes creeping in, that's that's a big downfall of ours as well. So it was too late to come back at that point. Um, even though, we, I mean, we, we absolutely battered Cardiff in that second half. I think the stats show 67% uh, of possession. 24 attempts on goal or something like that um, throughout the whole match and, and we, we found ourselves 3-0 down but the more that kind of game went on it was kind of like if we could get one we might get two a bit like when you get a wicket in cricket if you get one you might get two and that's what it felt like the ascendancy was slowly going towards that uh, but it was too late once we scored and and, and we, you know we're the makers of our own downfall in, in that situation being 3-0 being down what what improvements would you like to see Mark Robbins make to this commentary side at the moment? What, what needs to be done to get you guys back out of trouble again? Uh, I think we need Liam Kelly back, uh, the skipper. I mean, he's a, a monumental force in the middle of the park. He just makes everybody play better. Um, he's just one of those talisman. 
you know, every club needs one, don't they? So he him missing, we've had him out for, for large periods of this season. Um, he came back in December la, um, last year and our form started to pick up as um, there's no doubt about it. He had, you know, vested interest in that. Um, our main issue is goals. That's that's the be, the be all and end all, and, and most teams in this division always struggle if you can't score goals. And you know, taking Matty Godden and Tyler Walker out of this team, there's going to be you know a big loss of goals goals to that to that squad. So we've got Walker coming back. He came off the bench on on Saturday, so you know he might be uh, one to start at, in midweek, and we need him. Uh, we need him firing on all cylinders, and I think he's got the quality to do that um, if we provide. Um, the chances for him it's as simple as that really um, the one thing that I feel that we're missing in this commentary team is pace and that's that's like like Jez said you know pace is everything in this division really and we, we've got a severe lack of it um, we had Ryan Giles on loan from Wolves and he was probably our only sort of pacey attacking threat and he was recalled uh, due to a lack of playing time so you know we lost that sort of niche shall we say uh, to the team but yeah it's 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 one of these times now where we're just gonna have to grind and dig in and get through the year if we get through the year and stay in the division you know a fantastic achievement by by Mar robbins and the management team mm, yeah absolutely i would i would agree with that um jazz in in terms of of norwich and this fixture we, we we've spoken before on here and on various other and obviously Norwich fans set as well and speak about the fixture list that sort of six game run beginning with Cardiff um was very difficult um it, it kind of felt like if there was going to be a little dip then maybe it would come in in that time but Norwich's next four against four sides currently in the bottom five so it's on paper maybe potentially you'd look at it as maybe more winnable games, but equally those sides at the bottom, I know Rotherham have found a bit of form. Sheffield Wednesday have found a little bit of form as well. These games aren't always as easy as perhaps they appear on, on, on the list when you just look at the league table, are they? No, definitely not. Uh, the Championship is, well, all the managers say is the hardest league out of all of them. Um, and I just feel like Rotherham, you said it, Sheffield Wednesday... They're all picking up points, and there are you know, no pushovers. You know, I feel like these are going to be even more difficult than, say, teams in mid-table because they've got something to fight for. You know, Stoke. I say Stoke. I mean, Stoke had nine draws. I think it was nine draws, uh, and, and they only lost to um, Swansea and Watford uh, uh, away from home. Um, but no, I definitely think it will be tough for Norwich. But Norwich should have the quality on paper. Um, what I would like is more pace. I would like Ono Hernandez to, to come in uh, because I I, lo- I love Mario Vrancic, but I can't see him as a number 10. I just don't think he's he's quick enough to be that 10. Even though he did play well against Stoke, I just I feel like he is that deep playmaker and not that, that 10. I just don't think he has the legs, which is why I would have loved to have seen Kieran Dow this season. I think he will come good, <laughs> but that's a big if. But I... Um, yeah, I just feel like Norwich missed that 10 for so long. Uh, Marco Steepman, we all thought when we won the league, he'd be that man. He's got the physicality, he's got the pace, he's got the power, and it just didn't work for him. And and then we got Duda and that flopped, and we we brought Dowling and then he got injured. And it's just, is Todd Campbell going to be good in the 10, or do you want to keep him on the left where he's been playing really well? Um, but I just... <laughs> 
I just think we missed that pace, especially on El Hernandez. On El Hernandez, he knows the team. Um, and I know he's come back from a long-term injury, but I thought, especially when he came on against Swansea, he was a big threat and like bigger than Premiswar Pojeta. And I'm gutted for him because you can see he's got something about him, but I just, he just, I think he's just got no confidence. He's, you know, he's joined a new country. You know, he's probably, especially in COVID times, it's probably difficult for him, but that's football, I suppose. So, you know, it's relentless, ruthless, probably, I should say. But yeah. Mm. You're listing so, off these names, actually, and it just, it's actually scary, you know, the, the yeah, squad the depth squad, that you have. Yeah. It's just, it's bonkers. And, you know, you should win the league by a canter, really, with, with what's at your disposal. Yeah, Coventry, I think Coventry are a good side anyway, to be honest. I think they played good football. I watched them against Watford and they may not have gained pace, but Callum O'Hare, I think he's a brilliant player. You know, but obviously, I think you'll be fine. Mid-table, safe. I think you'll be okay. Yeah, I think I think one result changes it, really. You know, if we, if, if we can grind out a result against Norwich, you know, what a fantastic result that would be. It would just lift the team, you know, a little bit. And hopefully going into the next run, I mean, our, you talk about your runner fixtures against the... The bottom six, our, our run is is horrific. You know, Norwich, Brentford, Swansea, Blackburn. You know, all these teams, free scoring teams, effectively teams fighting for promotion, fighting for automatics, fighting for playoffs. You know, teams with slow, totally different aspirations to us, and we've just got to grind our way through through those. And it's the total opposite to what Norwich are going to go through over the next few games. I know. Yeah, I, I was looking at um, Coventry's fixtures uh, just just before we started recording. I think after this one, there'll be uh, there'll be a few Norwich fans that um, that join you and cheering on Coventry for the for the next two after this game in in particular. Um, Dean, that, that sort of lends me nicely. I, I want to speak about a, a player that you guys have obviously currently got on loan from Norwich, Sam McCallum. Um, we've obviously had uh, Tom on before, and he's he's spoken in in glowing terms about about him and, and what he's done this season and obviously his contribution last year when you guys were in League One. How has he pushed on this season? Have, have you seen any tangible signs of, of development in his game? Um, I wouldn't say so, no. Just just because of the way the team is playing. Um, you know, we're, we're not free-flowing attacking like we did in League One where he was just gun-ho every game, back and forth, back and forth. He's had to be reined in and held back a little bit because of of how defensive minded we've we've set up it in in lots of games. So I don't think he has kicked on that much, if I'm honest. Um, you still get the the odd sloppy um, pass, the odd sloppy uh, positioning mistake. But he's young, and you know there's so much room for development there. Uh, he's got the raw attributes, of course he has. Um, but I, I think it's going to take a few years of of decent Championship football for him. To become a good player, um, he's good now. Of course, he is, but he's to, to sort of kick on and, and go further and, and be one of the standout players in in the division. He's he's going to need a few years here. Interesting. Yeah, I, I got that sense. I came and watched him in League One last season against Bolton um, at St Andrews, actually, and and yeah, that was the sense that I got um, watching him for the first time on that day, which was maybe he needed a, a little bit more time. Um, Jess, just to come back to you, you, you were kind of um, making your points about the number ten position. I think I would be inclined to agree and say maybe that is the only one at the moment. Obviously, with the left back situation as well, I think your new list performed well on. Oh, well enough on Saturday to keep the shirt for this one, albeit a, a pretty horrendous mistake. But as you yeah. rightly say, the response yeah. was was good. Don't um, get me starting on Kenny McLean's. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly, yeah, exactly. Who, who who do you see as 
as being in that number 10 for, for this game? You said maybe you wouldn't give Rancic a, a star. Would you move Todd Campwell inside and then put Hernandez on, on the left? How would you try and, um, and, and approach it if you were Daniel Farker? Well, if I was Daniel Farker, I'd play Mario Rancic in the 10 because he seems to be loved doing at the moment. Um, I think it'd be harsh to drop Mario because he did play well and he got the assist for Todd. But obviously, pace, it's just it's all about pace, I just feel. And especially away from home, I just feel like Coventry, um, I think they would struggle with that pace, especially because Dean said they ain't got any. So um, if we just... Um, yeah, I'd, I'd put Todd Campbell in the 10. I, I, I'd like to see what Todd offers. We saw him in the 10 against Huddersfield right, right at the start of the season. And he maybe he just went at it, but obviously he's just in that form now. And I just feel like he could flourish there. Um, I would love to see Kieran Dow, but I don't think Fark trusts him. I don't, I'm, not too, I'm not entirely sure why, because um, he's got the height as well, which is what he loves in the number 10. Um, and I just feel like his cameos, they're not, mind-blowing but you can see what he's got and he's got twinkle toes like he's got good touches on the ball he's a, got a trick about him um but yeah I think put Arno Hernandez on the left-hand side and I think Norwich will perform even better to be honest which is quite frightening for other teams I like to think mm, yeah absolutely it's it's gonna be really intriguing to see how he approaches that now that he uh regards Kieran Dowell as as fully fit um Dean is this this run of fixtures, as we've kind of said previously, difficult. Maybe not neat. What's needed for for you guys at the moment? How good is it, or how good would it be, rather, for you guys to to kickstart this little run that you've got with a, a positive result against a Norwich City side that, beyond Saturday, have have been sort of struggling a little bit in the league, particularly against sides that maybe look to frustrate them a little bit. Yeah, it'd be massive. Of course, it would. Um, and I, I see a draw as a as a big result for Coventry. If I, if I'm honest, you know, Norwich are far away the best side in this division uh, on paper. That's for sure. But we've got to take you know great positives from our home form. You know, we we've kept clean sheets in five of our last six matches at St Andrews. Um, there's been under like two and a half goals, I think, over over the past seven games as well. So we we do keep it tight at home, and I think that's going to be the key to success on on Wednesday night. If we can just keep it tight. And you know, get if we can, you know, muster up a chance to on a on a sort of a counter attack or to sucker punch Norwich. That's that's going to be our greatest way of getting of grinding out a result in this match. But it, it's going to be tough, um, no matter you know what what team is put out. Um, but it'd be absolutely massive going into this next run of fixtures to get any positive result in this match because. I, I, I take great credit in what we did in December. We came out of a, a run in November just before the international break, which was pretty much the reversal of this. We played Norwich, Swansea, Brentford, uh, and we got out of it okay. But then we kicked on because we played the likes of Rotherham, Cardiff, um, Wickham in that early December period. So we've got the same kind of runner fixtures after these after these three or four games. So we just need to get out of here unscathed. Um, as such and if we're in the relegation zone come the end of these games so be it we're just gonna have to get our way out of it and we've got the the fixtures coming up to to do that mm. how, how do you see robins approaching this one as Jez said um coventry do like to play football they do like to play the right way can you can you see him taking the game to norwich or do you think it will be especially given recent form a bit more of a pragmatic approach it probably will be just because of the norwich team basically um 
all the fans are calling out for four 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 two playing two up front. Um, I don't. That's just not Mark Robbins' way, really. Um, he likes to play with a single single option up top and have runners coming off. Having Tyler Walker back available now, uh, it gives it, it gives him another option. He might revert to two up top, but keep with the three at the back and just keep it tight in the middle. Uh, that's the way I'd like to see him approach it. I don't think we're going to get too much joy playing too much football in this match. If I'm honest, there might be the opportunity to use a long ball, use the likes of Max Biamu, who is carrying an injury. He's been carrying an injury for about two months. He's basically playing on one leg. He's our only option, really, up top. Um, so he's had to stand in and do that. So I'd like to see Tyler Walker in a, inside, inside along with him um, and play the three at the back like we normally play with the wing backs, but I, I think the wing back situation is going to be reined in in this match and just to deal with the the, the threats that Norwich have got. Hmm. Yeah, it's, it's going to be really interesting to see how Coventry approach it, Jez, but particularly because when Stoke came to Carrow and obviously Mark Robbins will have, will have noted this and they perhaps tried to play play them essentially um, at, at their own game, they, they did try and have a go at Norwich while everyone can see the result and how that went for them. So from Norwich's perspective, how positive is it that they're going into this game off the back of a 4-1 win where they've proven maybe to themselves rather than everyone else that they can score goals against a side that, as Dean has said there, may look to be a bit more pragmatic and a bit more conservative in their approach? Yeah, it's massive that we got uh, the four goals because we haven't done that all season. Um, but I don't think it'll be an easy game. Um, I think Coventry will, like Dean said, they'll sit back and probably try and hit us on the counter-attack. Um and I think the game is going to be all about the transition um, and especially um, how we control the midfield. I hope Ollie Skip's okay. Um, Fark said he got poked in the eye, but he looked like we jumped on. Uh, poor fellow, he got back up and sat back down and he didn't look great. Um, so I hope he's okay because they've got to take concussion seriously. Um, so you could slot Sorensen in, which I wouldn't mind at all. I think that'd be quite good. Um, but yeah, I'd, I just Norwich should have the quality you know, to, to get the, the three points um, in commentary. Sounds like they don't have a striker at the moment, uh, according to Dean, but I feel like Biami was the one that got the equaliser at, at Carroll. He did, yeah. yeah. Um, um, you're right, second half, you, you were better and Norwich didn't really have a, a central striker. Uh, we had Marco Stegman up top and that was a calamity. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I think Norwich should have enough uh, to get us over the line. Um I think we got Coventry got to take a lot of hope from that and from that second half in the in the first league game because if, if we if we can perform to those sort of levels, then you know we can achieve a positive result. Um, and for Norwich, it's it's keeping the likes of Callum O'Hare, Gus Hamer quiet. Um, Matty James is now in in the Coventry team, who has been a standout performer the last three games. Um, you know he's got real talent, real ability. Um, if you can keep those three quiet. That's that's where our most production comes from, basically, um, and I can't I can't see Norwich not achieving result if they can keep those three quiet. But um, I think we've got an ace in the pack a little bit with with Tyler Walker coming back, and he certainly knows where the net is. If we can just get him a couple of chances, um, he he might be he might be the difference, hopefully. Mm, and one thing is for sure against this Norwich City side is that they you you guys will get chances. Um, I, I think we've we've seen that throughout this season. Um, right then, uh, Dean, let's start with you being uh, being the home side. How do you see this one going? And of course, we've got to ask you for the score prediction as well. 
It'll be tight. Um, I think we'll keep it tight for, for long periods of the game, but I just I just feel Norwich have got a little bit too much quality. Obviously, head and heart says completely different things. Um, I w- my head says a comfortable 2-0 win for Norwich, but my heart says a, a, gr- a grinded out 1-1 draw. Oh, interesting stuff. Jez, let's come to you. How do you see this game going? And finally, let's have your score prediction. I think we'll wipe him 6-0. No, it'll definitely be what Dean said. I, I think he'll be tight. I, I can't. I think Norwich can see the goal, um, even though they've kept a few clean sheets this season. Um, but I do think it'll be 2-1, just about. Norwich have got Emmy back. Um, as long as you don't get injured, um, we, should, we should have the quality, to be honest. Sorry, Dean. But, no, yeah, no, I, I completely agree. Yeah. I mean, Commentary, you look at... Players, to be fair, so it, it could be, especially your midfield. I do like your midfield a lot as well. So, but that front four Norwich, I mean, walks into any side, but a sort of lower Premiership, to be honest. So, um, it, you know, there's, there's quality there, and it should be enough, definitely. Interesting, Jen. Thank you very much for joining me. Thank you all very much for watching. Of course, Binkin.com, the place to go, will be at St Andrews um, on Wednesday evening, seven o'clock kickoff um, as well for all the coverage. So join us for that. Uh, Make sure you stay safe wherever you're watching this. Thank you very much. And we'll see you very, very soon.